back to Esquire Q&A, the show where we sit down with men and women who exhibit both style and substance. My guest today is a good friend to the brand. He appeared in last year's Biggest Influences of the Gulf list as our only technology blogger. However, he has since then expanded out into the world of men's luxury lifestyle, cars, and watches. Yes, M. Quan is an Abu Dhabi-based influencer who started his original YouTube channel by happenstance. Today, his two channels now boast more than 150,000 subscribers. But don't take my word for it. In today's podcast, M. Quan talks about how he got started, where he thinks the world of YouTube and vlogging is going next, as well as his newfound interest in watches. Enjoy. So I've done an intro, okay. kind of beforehand, uh, but I like to have kind of the guests introduce themselves. Let's say that you are at a party, you don't know anyone, and someone goes... The elevator pitch. Yeah, who are you? So... I'm M. Kwan. Mm. It's a pseudonym. Um, my real name is Mohsin, though when my wife's mad, she calls me M. Kwan now, so it's kind of <laughs> semi-official. Um, I'm a content creator based out of Abu Dhabi. Um, I cover mostly tech and lifestyle, so it's within lifestyle. It's watches, cars, mm. travel, um, and I have two YouTube channels, so YouTube's my main thing. Um, combined, I think it's about 150,000 subscribers. I don't know. 20, 30 million views. Mm. Uh, also on Instagram and Twitter as well. And then, you know, Snapchat when I'm uh, feeling sort of lonely or whatever. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, Facebook as well. So, but it's mostly around tech and lifestyle that I cover. Mm. Yeah. So I guess what prompted you to go into, into content creating? What, what prompted you to go, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to review something, I'm going to film it? For me, it happened all the way back when I was in university. I had a, like an, an initial YouTube channel that I set up. Mm. And I think that started off because I, at the time, like I was in student accommodation. It was like a student house. Um, we didn't have like the TV license. Nobody was bothered to pay for that. So we lived basically off, <laughs> off YouTube, you know, <laughs> completely. Um, and I think at the time I wanted to buy a camcorder and there was a friend of mine who was selling mm. it. And I, I was trying to get him to like open the box. And he says, look, once I remove the plastic, it loses its value. But go online, there are unboxing videos. Mm. And I mean, this is years ago. And I remember watching like one unboxing video and it was the most weirdest thing ever. Now, if you describe that to someone now, someone unboxing a product mm. makes perfect sense. Mm. But back then it was really weird. You know, guys unwrapping a plastic and, mm. you know, it smells like this and he's taking stuff out. It's like incredibly addictive. So I watched one, watched another, watched, you know, probably 50, 60. By the end of it, I was like, this is so cool. Like, I want to do the same thing, you know? Mm. So I, I, at that time, I bought the camcorder and then I ended up buying a BlackBerry and I unboxed mm. a BlackBerry. And then one thing led to the other. I think there was um, a video that I did that got picked up by BlackBerry. Mm. BlackBerry said, look, can we use this at a developer conference? Um, and they did it and they gave me a free phone for it. And I was like, oh, shoot, mm. this is, I mean, bear in mind at that time, BlackBerry, I think it was yeah. a bold 9900 or something like that. That cost an arm and a leg at the time. So that was the beginning of where it started. And then that channel died out. And when I came out here, mm. I, I thought I'd, you know, at the, initially when I came out here, there was a vlog channel that I ran. Um, but I also had another tech channel. So over time, I've kind of decided that that was more my kind of thing, you know, mm. reviews and using that channel as an outlet now. Yeah. So kind of, a, so I used to work in tech. I used to work in a magazine called Stuff. Yeah. Um, no Stuff for which is a, Which is yeah. a big tech. And kind of like, they got into the, the video game really early. So like in the early 2000s, they, their, their website, stuff.tv. So they started reviewing things 
on like if this is kind of pre-youtube exactly. they had their own little they thing. had their own website and a platform and now i look at tech like vloggers like yourself but like again like mkbh but like again yeah, huge why do you think that like individuals have somehow managed to supersede brands kind of so extraordinarily yeah not not just in tech but like again it's in, it's in fashion it's in it's in kind of all all categories because i think social media is about uh, there's a, there's a social element of it which brands can't do. If you think about ITP, you put that on 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 a YouTube channel. Like, what is ITP? Who is ITP? I think mm. that's the thing. Um, I think the fact that bloggers, influencers, content creators, whatever you want to call them, but individuals have more traction because they're seen as more personable, mm. um, and and there's that kind of intimate relationship that you might develop with someone. Mm. You might like their style. You might like the way they look. You know, um, and that's easier to fall in love with on a social media platform than it is a brand and an entity. You mm. know, um, it's interesting that because, like, I was watching um, a couple of videos related to like the Rolex store here mm. in Dubai, and I noticed that there were quite a few brand, quite a few publications that had exclusive access to that. But if you compare like one or two other. Uh, content creators who are like watch orientated people who who've posted up videos much later mm. they've got a hell of a lot more traction yeah, than yeah. these publications and i think that happens because it's also the style mm. um it, different content creators are different i mean my style is really kind of unpolished a lot of people say to me get yourself a tripod get yourself better lighting i do it my style because it, in my view i what i create is what i would genuinely believe and like to watch as well which mm. can come across through a person in that format, whereas it's a, a lot more difficult for publication, I think, on on something like YouTube, yeah, to gain that traction. So I think I I don't know what the psyche behind it is, but I think based on my own experiences, it's easier to relate to someone as an individual than mm. it is to relate to someone behind a brand. Suddenly, it loses its kind of almost yeah, value, yeah. you know. Do you think that like if you if you kind of up production, like for example, <clears throat> you had some guy follow you around, if you had proper lighting, do you think that would like? Do you think people would think of you as like being less authentic? I can, I, I think, I mean, I certainly view it that way. When when people start doing stuff like yeah. that, um, I'm like, hmm, okay, like I, I wonder what's going on here. You know, it it doesn't lose that authenticity, but it does kind of, uh, and this is for me personally. I mean, uh, again, I, I I just wonder like what's going on in the background. I much yeah, yeah. rather prefer someone just talking. Like you know, it can be like. Audio can be really rubbish. Sound can be really rubbish. So long as I can view and see it. Yeah. But it brings a, a, across that sort of, you know, authenticity, mm. I guess. Um, I, I've tried to experiment with something like that in the past. And I think people have said that it'd be nice to see more of that. Mm, mm. Um, you know, upping the quality level, getting somebody else just to follow me around. Yeah, yeah. So I might experiment with that. But I think things are in stages. But it still points back to the fact that it's always easier to gain traction on social media when it's an individual yeah. than when it is, you know, mm. a publication. Yeah. So kind of go back to the, go back to the Rolex thing. So we actually, we were one of the brands that were, that were in Rolex. I know. Um, and, and we did quite well and then kind of, kind of tapered off, as you said. Um, one of the things was, I, I wasn't in the video, it was our editor, Matt, um, and he was suited and booted. He hadn't gone to the barbers in a while. He had a bit of a crazy beard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we put it up and obviously kind of the world, like we had the video up within 24 hours, something like that. Uh, the world looked at it and we just started to, you look at the comments and it is, I mean, uh, like the word terrorist is thrown in there because yeah. we're in the Middle East. Um, Matt's Italian as well. I don't yeah. really understand it. Um, 
people were calling him Teen Wolf because mm-hmm. he hadn't had a he hadn't had a shave. How do you deal that? What, do you get like do you get haters on your lot. channel? I get that a lot. Um, I've been doing like I said YouTube for a while, social mm. media for a while. So like you just grow a thick skin. Like I've had everything. Yeah. Like it's really weird at the moment. There's this. Uh, I mean, in the past it was the the normal stuff like you know, um, terrorist. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole bunch of like. Middle East related, like, profanity. Um, But I've started, like, just dressing up a bit better, like wearing Mm. suits, especially Mm. with the Rolex video. I was wearing a suit. Um, And people would say, oh, rich Arab, oil money, that kind of stuff. I remember recently I posted up the Huawei Mate uh, X Mm. uh, video. And that was really interesting because people were like, oh, of course he gets it first because he, you know, he's a millionaire. Yeah, okay. Or I Googled you, you know, your net worth is X amount, which is, totally wrong you know whatever but it's that kind of connotation and and perception um i I don't know you just have to grow a a thick skin like like i said recently the whole focus is i'm not really sure if it's a compliment or what but a lot of people are saying oh i love your eyelashes like this is a new (laughs) thing so i suppose in one hand it's like it's gone from you know terrorist lookalike to yeah oh wow those eyelashes real does he go to the men's salon for his eyebrows which mm. i don't incidentally but you know <laughs> it's one of those things um so yeah it's kind of it's weird but you have to grow a thick skin yeah you have to do that i think again it's harder for publications because you know if you get kind of comments like that that is a reflection on publications you know in some respects so mm. you, you're forced to kind of remove that and once you start removing it this is the background now as, according to the algorithm on youtube mm. uh, you start losing engagement yeah, which yeah, then yeah doesn't help the video um yeah so it's it's interesting but again i mean this is the thing i you know when i referred to the rolex video i put my rolex video up eight months after you guys mm-hmm. and i think that's got okay. like what six hundred thousand views yeah whereas ours has got like 35 well we, we had a good we had a good 48 hours and it's but then it tapers off yeah and it's interesting because again i mean a lot of that i am i'm no rolex specialist but mm. in the last 18 months like if you type in Rolex Mquan or Rolex Dubai into mm-hmm. YouTube, the algorithm picks up my stuff. Yeah, and I think a part of that has also been the fact that I, like I, I claim not to be a, te- a Rolex expert, even on the Rolex forums and other yeah. forums. Like I'm just someone who says, "Look, I'm buying my first Rolex. This is the journey that I'm on. Come and join me. I'm no expert. Don't you know? Don't buy what I'm buying. But this is I'm basically documenting and sharing that mm-hmm. with people." And uh, it's interesting because, again, like 18 months ago, I reached out to some of the brands that authorized leaders for Rolex. Mm. Nobody wanted to know me. Mm. Who are you? Stick to tech, this, this, this. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of cool because I like that kind of proving people wrong as well. 18 months after that, it's like, look, we're begging you, please. I was like, cool. Mm. Let's arrange a discount on a good watch. You know? yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. That's how you do it. Mm. So I think, again, that traction wouldn't have happened if I was a publication. It happens when you can afford as an individual to say mm. opinions mm. And, 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 you know, work on, on what the algorithm essentially favors, which is individuals, I suppose, yeah, yeah. on the platform. Yeah. So at what point did it become like, at what point did it go from like hobby to like, oh, I'm going to actually do this? It's still a hobby for me because yeah. I have a nine to five. Mm. Um, and... Like I'm, I'm at this juncture where like I keep considering moving from a nine to five to, to this full time. But like I have, you know, dependents. I have yeah, a yeah. wife. I have kids, um, and I don't know. Like at the moment for me, it's a really weird thing. Like I enjoy it as a hobby. Yeah. If I had to depend on it, it would become work, and I don't think I'd enjoy it as much. I was gonna say, yeah. If if you, yeah. If, if if your job was to produce these videos, 
it'd be stressful. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, it's there's a lot of work. A lot of people don't realize like something as simple as this podcast. Mm. People just assume it's a mic. Yeah. All of this costs money. All of this takes time. I mean, yeah. basically two well, other people, people can't see it. two other people in the room who are people, managing yeah, it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of uh, work that goes into it. And I don't know, I'm, I'm like, it's always easier for me to do something as a hobby. Yeah. Um, and this is the reason why I've been doing it as such. As a hobby, just go with the flow. You know, you make money off it. You you get traction off it. You get known for it. It's easier that way than if your life depended on it, mm. which is essentially what a lot of influencers do. Um, I'm sure they'll get to a point where there's, there'll be that like kind of tipping point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll cross that bridge when mm-hmm. I get to it. But at the moment, it's a it's a cool journey, you know. What yeah. is pretty cool? So like your mate X, you, you mentioned it before. The uh... Huawei's foldable. Uh, what's that video up to now? I think it's like four million. Yeah, like four million. And yeah. again, that was only. I mean, that's only come out like within the last two months, three months. I think three months. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy about that because, like, in the tech community, there's people like Unbox Therapy yeah, who yeah, haven't yeah. had a chance. Yeah. Uh, MKBHD who didn't get a chance, and and like if you type up, it's the first video that. Yeah, comes exactly, up. exactly. So stuff like that is good. You know, it's like, and it's good because I think, especially for this part of the world, because we get tech really late. Yeah. Really late. Yeah. So. A lot of people were like, you know, it, it's good to put Dubai on the map in, in some respect because mm. you get other content creators who can say, look, wow, you know, never knew that Dubai had these awesome, you know, skyscrapers. We thought it was all camels and, you know, the rest of it, deserts and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So it's it's good to get people to notice this place as well. Well, especially in tech, because again, as you said, like maybe like luxury, maybe there's a few like, yeah. you know, there's rich kids at Dubai's Instagram account. It's got quite a lot of people and yeah. kind of Dubai's got very much a, a stigma. But the UAE doesn't have anything to do with like tech, no, like no. at all. Yeah, and I think there needs to be even with the rich kids of Dubai. Even the Rolex videos, one of the things that's really easy to do. I mean, I can go to like authorized. Uh, I could go to dealers that I know, yeah, uh, collectors that I know, and I can make you know one million do- dirham or dollar yeah. video. It's really easy to do that. But th- that's easy. Any Tom Dick can you know Muhammad can do that. Really, yeah. it it requires some. I think when you, I mean, my view, this is a personal view, is is that once you add kind of a certain depth to the videos, mm. you're going to gain more respect and more traction. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of stopped vlogging as much mm. and started moving on towards, you know, creating content with education. Yeah. Because I feel like Dubai is, it's unfair because there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of expertise here, but it's, it's so easy to kind of, oh, it's money. Yeah. It's, yeah, e- yeah. it's quick money. It's easy money. Watches again, there are some incredible collectors here mm. that really know the details of movements mm. and specifics that would, put some watchmakers to shame you know yep. um but they don't get the traction because it's always easier to focus on the value of something as opposed to like the expertise so yeah i'm trying to do that with tech i'm trying to it's really easy i can unbox it in a lamborghini i can unbox it in mm. private jet i yeah. can do yeah you know and maybe i might do at mm. some point but i want to try and add a certain level to to the education element mm. of that so it's not like oh it's another rich kid it's yeah. like someone who oh, actually actually knows the difference between you know, RAM and ROM, mm. some something as simple as that. So know? why why move into watches? Just, just pure interest or? Watches became a pure interest for me. And what I noticed was like, I mean, I, I'm really into automatic watches. Mm. If you think about it, it's just incredible tech. Yeah. I mean, I, I still tell people like a Rolex doesn't have a battery in there unless you're talking about like one of the old quartz Rolex, which is, but majority of Rolex don't have a battery inside. People are like, how the hell does it work? Yeah. How, well, they were like the original tech. I mean, exactly. And if you look at a lot of the movements, look at F.P. Jean, you look mm. at, you know, 
um, Elang and Son, you mm. look at, you just turn them around mm. and like people are like, wow, there's so much tech that's involved in them. Um, so like for me, it just felt natural. Like I was into watches at the time, you know, I could start affording them and, you know, playing around with them. So mm. I thought like it would be a cool thing to just include on the channel. And mm. I, I'm glad I've done that because it's kind of helped. Has the, has like the audience, like, I mean, do you kind of think that... <laughs> Stereotypically, yeah. you've got your tech, you've got your kind of early adopters, your, for lack of a better word, like your nerds and your geeks, mm. and then you've got your kind of, again, and we're talking about Rolex, we're talking about kind of high-end watches. Yeah, auto value. Yeah. Ha- has, has there been a... Uh, yeah. Has there been a clash or has everyone kind of, you know, have you got two audiences on the same channel now or is everyone just... There is a bit of a clash. Um, what I try and do is, I mean, look, the main bread and butter for my channel is tech. Mm. And like, as far as the algorithm is concerned, you have to kind of respect that. Yeah. But... Um, if you do it in the right way and at the right time and establish, establish your niche within whatever, it's quite easy to get, you know, a, a, almost a separate audience within that. Um, like, again, I have to play it really careful. If I put too much watch related yeah. stuff, it really damages the channel algorithm. Yeah. Um, but when I do put it up in the right way and the, the, the important thing is, is like YouTube has changed now from my understanding, the algorithm has changed from channels to video content hmm. so if you again do it in the right way you can actually help boost that genre put it into playlists for hmm. example that it is appropriate you know have it on certain forums and sites that are subject related hmm. then it can be a, of a benefit yeah but it's it's interesting because i do get people who are like look i'm quan we turn off man i i can't afford an iphone 10s max let alone a Rolex. Uh, uh, GMT Master 2, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know. So, I mean, you win some, you lose some. Mm. But ultimately, what I'm trying to do is, I, I suppose, try and try and be true to myself mm. as well. Like, look, this is what I'm into. Mm. Phone, mm. like a, a 700 dirham phone, because it's cool. There's a lot of new tech in there. Plus, this is also what I'm into. I think it, it just strikes a balance. Again, it's easier as an individual to do that yeah. than it is for a publication. Yeah. Yeah. I think individuals can. Yeah, you can they do that. Can, they can change. People naturally change and grow. Exactly. Whereas, whereas brands cannot. Yeah. So kind of, you mentioned algorithm a few times. What's it like? I know you do have a nine to five, um, but again, you're kind of you're, you're you've you've been doing it long enough that you can you can consider leaving. What is it like? And I imagine you'd have to put yourself into into some of the other content creators' shoes as well. What is it like being on a platform where effectively yeah, you have no con- well you you have some control, but you really don't have a huge amount of control. Tomorrow, someone at YouTube could snap their fingers yeah. and all of a sudden everything changes. Your livelihood is now somewhere else. That's one of the reasons why I don't do it full time. Mm. Like, I, I, I just couldn't put all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up because look, in the last seven months, uh, to th- I think last three months, seriously, YouTube has made a rule where if you have young kids in videos now, I think either they're demonetized or yeah. some comments are turned off. So it's actually not gonna help that video gain the traction. And it's funny because three, four or five months ago, I wanted to set up a, a third channel, mm. which was just related to putting up educational stuff for kids mm. around. So my kids were gonna be part, part, of of the, part of that. And I had done all this planning and everything was ready. I had like 20, 30 videos yeah. ready to go. You know, I wanted to be the next shark song, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, like a couple of guys at YouTube that I spoke to, they said, look, you need to be aware of this. Like, this is going to happen. Yeah. And it did happen. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, so I don't know. I mean, like for me, my personal view is, yeah, when you're over-dependent on this platform, mm. I mean, YouTube is full of just channels that talk about the algorithm and how it changes yeah, from yeah. week to week. I don't know, man. It's just one of those things. I think it, it helps me because 
A, I've been doing it long enough. B, I'm not going to say I have contacts. I don't have contacts. But mm. the, the, there are people that, you know, uh, not within the social media platforms itself, but there are people on the outside as well who are in agencies and, in, in, you know, social media is there nine to five. They understand the, the analytics, the data. Mm. They can say to me, look, these are the trends that we're seeing. And I'm the type of guy also, based on the nine to five, that I, I, I go into the research. So I'm interested yeah, yeah. in this stuff. So that can help me. Mm. Um, so, and this is one of the reasons why I still don't feel comfortable with making it the nine Full to five. Time. Because you're right, it can change. Yeah. Imagine all those channels that have been family vlogging channels, which at one point, let's say a year ago, seemed like the safest bet. Yeah, yeah. That, was, like that was the way. Was it, that, was it Ryan's Toys Reviews? Like that, again, little kid. Does toys? Twenty one million exactly was the article like you know a couple of weeks ago that yeah. I read. Now I mean I don't know what's going to happen to that. Mm. Um, again, remember gaming? Like a couple of years ago, people were pushing me towards gaming, and I and at that time I remember there was a, somebody that I know who worked at Sega who mentioned to me. He said to me, he goes, Look, I think you need to be careful about it because there's basically copyright issues, and just just wait on it for a bit. And mm. I again I had everything ready pretty much. Mm. I had like a whole series ready. I had these, you know, videos pre-recorded. I was going to put them up and I'm glad I didn't because it would have blacklisted the channel. Yeah, essentially. yeah, yeah. Put them up and then copyright strikes and that would yeah. have, yeah. So I don't know, man, it's, it's tough. I think, I think this is the other thing. Content creators really need to look at multiple streams of income. Mm. So you need to look at realistically, you know, uh, thinking about your bigger plan. I think it's important to start. You need to start on one or two or three platforms but you need to think about what your mid to long-term goal is. And it, I mean, I don't know, for me, it needs to be about either you're making enough money so that the wife doesn't complain mm. when you're spending two hours editing a video yeah. as opposed to doing the family stuff, or you do it so that you're not taking drugs and you know doing anything crazy on the side. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's your release, essentially. Mm. So you've got to try and find that balance. What is important to you at that time and you've got to do it, but then you've got to think about, you know, where you're going six months, 12 months. And that changes as well. Mm. It's almost like a business. It's like running your own business and the changes that come with that, you know, new legislation. Yeah, yeah. Here, for example, there were a ton of content creators, influencers who were completely shocked by the, the license. Yeah, that the came law. In. And they had to ask themselves, well, am I making enough to cover the license? Yeah. If I am, cool. Mm. Carry on. If I'm not, then, you know, we need to take a step back. And how do we work with that? So... Yeah, it's kind of, it's it's tough. I mean, for me, look, it's one, it's a challenge. Two, it keeps me out of trouble. Yeah. And three, it's, you know, it allows me to kind of develop other stuff. Mm. My nine to five isn't as creative as this. I think I'm a slightly introvert and slightly, you know, mm. creative. So this is the medium to do that. Yeah. Uh, plus, I like setting small targets for myself. For example, when, you know, the authorized leaders of Rolex said, who are you? I was like, well, I want to prove you wrong. So like, you know, that, that kind of worked there when it was to do with tech. I want to, you know, I want to be on par with some of the other guys. This is now the new challenge for me. So it's kind of like I'm using that as mm. a, as a medium for that. But if tomorrow it was taken away, it's not like my house is going to be taken away. Yeah. You know, would you, are you kind of like, are you, are you, are you kind of like YouTube loyal? Would you, would you jump, would you jump kind of platforms? <laughs> like, are you playing with like Twitch and you, these other kind of, like I am YouTube loyal now because I feel like I've seen a lot of other stuff and I thought YouTube was bad 18 months ago and I'm realizing there are a lot of other platforms that are really, mm. really rinsing people. Mm. 
And the other thing is like, I, li I like to play the long game, you know, like if you think about it, I mean, in this part of the world, Instagram from a agency perspective, from an advertiser's perspective, is super easy. Mm. You know, we get to see the immediate numbers. Yeah. Okay. But that content is lost. Like, I don't care how big you are. You can have like 13, 15 million followers on Instagram. That content is lost. Mm. Whereas on YouTube, like some of the stuff that I posted up a year ago, which probably got 5,000, 6,000 views, suddenly there's a massive influx of people mm. searching for it now. And then that gets thrown up on Google search, which yep. is the world's largest search yep. engine. YouTube is the second largest search engine now. So, and, and the other thing is it pays money. Mm. Like Instagram, how much money do, you do in, Instagram influencers make off the platform itself? Off the platform, like nothing. Nothing. Yeah. IGTV, I remember when, you know, certain people at Facebook were trying to get me to move over to IGTV or Facebook video. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, I need to see the money, man. Yeah, Show yeah. me the money, right? Yeah. If I can't see it, then I'm, why would I cut off that income stream for the other? I mean, for, YouTube has its own issues. They cut, you know, ad revenue or whatever. Mm. But the thing is, it, it's still, uh, it's a platform to build up expertise, mm. which is like what I want to be known as. I don't want to be known as another kid with a lot of money posting up his lifestyle. I want to be known for something. Oh, you think of tech? All right, think of M. Kwan. You think of Rolex watches. I want to buy my first Rolex watch. I'll ask M. Kwan. Yeah. You know, so that only comes from a platform where content is really sort of, uh, it's, it's not buried. It's kind mm -hmm. of, you know, it's transparent and you can search for it essentially. Mm. So I think YouTube, I mean, I haven't seen Facebook do that. I haven't seen IGTV do that. I still don't know where my IGTV videos are. I have to kind of like, <laughs> it's three, four clicks to get to it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, and I know a few content creators who like kind of jump ship, who, mm. who focus from YouTube to Facebook, and now they're back on YouTube because it's cool, but they're not making money from it. No. You know? So yeah. So I'm kind of loyal because at the moment it's the it's the best thing that's out there. Yeah. Um, but I, I think YouTube needs to be broken up. I don't know if I should. Well, I'm not sure about broken up, but it, it, yeah, I think it needs you... competition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because at the moment there is nothing that competes with YouTube. Yeah. So we need something else. Mm. And I was hoping Facebook might do it. but They were talking big game. Yeah. But, but nothing's really... Nothing really has developed. No. Yeah. Because it, what they're trying to do is they're trying to incorporate video or they're trying to make competition to a platform that isn't built like that. If you think about YouTube, I mean, going all the way back, mm. I mean, it's an, it's an insane platform. You know, there's comments. Yeah. There are likes, dislikes. So there's engagement levels there. Um video i mean you can see a full video mm. it's easy to search mm. searchable with the world's largest search engine it's 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 great you know and a really easy system of rewarding content creators for the effort that they put in mm. you know uh, so what about uh how do you get any support from like youtube um i don't get any support i mean there, there were people in the past uh, that worked uh, with YouTube, uh, different programs like yeah. the YouTube partnership program that would reach out to me and say, look, Mquan, we like what you're doing. Here's like a report of mm. things you could improve on, things that you can't, but that's been a while now. Yeah, I mean, now for me, uh, like I've given up with a lot of the platforms. I think that you just have to try and figure it out yourself. Just do it yourself. Yeah, you could go down the route of, let me try and network with this person, that person. I mean, like in the past, um, there were certain people at YouTube that, you know, we want to invite you to LA, we yeah, want to yeah. do this, do that. I've had that with Facebook. I've had that with Instagram. Um, it's, yeah, nobody really gives you the details either, you know, so. Well, see, I have a theory and I don't, I don't think they know how the algorithms work. Yeah. 
I think that they, they they started building these things like 15 years ago. You're right. And they've been bolting like features on. <laughs> and now I reckon no one actually knows how the hell this thing's actually working. I think you're right. I mean, I remember about uh, with my first YouTube channel, I got invited to London uh, with a couple of other content creators. And we went to, at that time, YouTube studios, but it wasn't open to the public. Mm. And there was a guy who spoke about the algorithm and this thing sounded like the Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was just like, so can we do this? We're not really sure this is it. Okay, look, let's be straight. Are you purposely not giving us the answers or you just don't you know? don't know, yeah. And like, they can't say they don't know, but it felt like that. And I, I think you're right about that. I think, mm. I mean, Instagram is relatively new. Facebook, like edge ranking from the past yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. something that there is a certain element of control, but again, these platforms they have to the algorithm, whether it's on Instagram or on YouTube, mm. constantly develops because yeah. at a certain time, so, certain variables become important. And as a business, they need to do that. But then the downside is, as a content creator, you I don't know, man. It's just it's 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 hard. Mm. You know, it's hard. Um, like my my personal prediction, one of the reasons why I stopped at one time, I was vlogging probably ninety percent. And 10% was like the reviews. Yeah. And I decided to switch that around because I could see um, both from a, you know, I'm with ITP Live and I could see certain trends happening there where every time they can have, basically the more money you had, the crazier you were. Yeah. The better there's vlogger you would a become. Few, there's a few vloggers that come, right? come to mind. But, yeah. <laughs> but you're not developing, uh, you're not developing substance. Yeah. And I think the long game, actually, there will come a point where people will look up to... One of the big things about the influencer term, why it's tarnished mm. at the moment, is because do you really have any influence? Well, yeah. you can prove that if you're an expert in certain areas, let's say tech or watches you know, uh, or cars or whatever. You, it's easy to... Actually, that person does deserve, A, the coverage, and it's niche, yeah. which incidentally, 12 months ago wasn't the case, but now the algorithm favors channels that only stick to one subject. Mm. YouTube, for example, I mean, I've heard tons of content creators who, who multi-million subscribers who've said, don't put vlogs unless they're vlog related to the content that you cover on that channel, make a separate channel. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's going to really fudge up your it's muddy, algorithm. It's going to muddy the waters. Exactly. And the gonna get yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? It's an interesting time. But then again, the kind of, I, I kind of, we're kind of seeing this whole thing where, kind of going back right at the beginning, where kind of individuals, influencers, are kind of starting to supersede brands. Yeah. But again, the whole point of brands, you, you read a tech magazine because the people there can speak with authority about tech. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, I find that as well. I mean, it's weird because, like, I don't know. I mean, like, I've, I feel like I've been at the brunt of this recently because there have been a couple of, um, you know, in, in, in the Middle East, let's say, um, tech journalists who, you know, who might not sort of... That's right. Uh, who might not sort of... Um, a perfect point to cut off. <laughs> cut off at the point. Who might not like? I don't know. They they don't understand why. Let's say a brand, a, a smartphone brand, will send me the device. Yeah. Before them. Oh, hundred percent. But that's not just tech. That's that's journalists. Or, or, or that's, journalists that's in general. Just like yeah. you know, you you, you go. If you're in Paris for Fashion Week and there's an influencer in the front row and there's an editor behind them, they're going, why, why? the hell is there an influencer? Like, how dare the brand invite this influencer there instead of me? And I think that's because at the end of the day, brands and agencies, okay, agencies are numbers people mm. and they're paid by the brands to get the numbers. Brands are money people. Mm. So they need to, again, see numbers in that respect. And at the moment, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I, I think if you look at social media, there's a massive 
uh, appreciation on social media of the public to go for people that they view as being genuine, mm. whether they're qualified or not, irregardless. Look at Bitcoin, for example. Yep. Some of the biggest currently Bitcoin uh, YouTube channels are people that have no financial background. Mm. Like there's one guy that I've been watching for a while and I decided to stop watching him because uh, I did some research about him and he's been bankrupt two, three times. Mm -hmm. Like, how is this guy gonna, mm -hmm. like, and he's massive, he's absolutely massive, but why would I take financial advice from that person? Yeah. I don't know, but it's what the market decides. It mm. might be why you can explain people like Trump being in, mm. you know, elected to office because there, there is that element of, mm. I don't know, like certainly people are not respecting, and I, I respect journalists. I think tech journalists do an amazing job. But the point is at the moment is that the market isn't towards that. So if a tech journalist is salt or any journalist is salty about that, yeah, like there's no difference between me and you. Like get on the platform, mm. prove it. But then I do think there is a little bit of a difference because, for example, let's say you put up a review, people go like it's it, it's it's all your all your kind of followers, all your subscribers, anyone who watches that goes, well, that's that's you. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you if you're a journalist, you you speak on behalf of the brand. There's a buffer. Like if someone goes cool, that's that's three out of five. People don't necessarily get angry at the guy who wrote the review; they get angry at the publication. Yep. But with you, that's it's you. It's yeah, all it's on me. you. Yeah. Well, then uh, this is the market, mm. and you know the market doesn't lie. The market is its own beast, and you mm. have to respect that. Mm. So I think if journalists have an issue with that, and if publications have an issue with that, they need to change their business model on these social media platforms. Mm. Perhaps give all of their journalists the free reign and say, you set up your own YouTube channels. Like you do it, like mm. you have access to these phones, Chris, you get it, Tom, you get it, mm. just put it up and and that in turn feeds to the fact that you could you could easily make a YouTube video on a particular phone and say, "Look, if you want to read more about it, check out Let the link down below, but that video isn't necessarily mm. associated with that publication, and therefore the liabilities aren't associated with that publication. I don't know why more publications haven't done that, but it's mm. again, it's the I understand publications need to keep journalists like. Your yeah, hours, yeah. Ultimately, there's a there's a wall and a fence, but um, I, the market doesn't respect that. So you have to adapt and change. Mm. Um, I think I've seen a few journalists, particularly in the tech industry. I mean, Sam Sheffer is one mm. guy from the US used to write for The Verge. Mm. He's done his own solo thing. I mean, he got he's got a lot of traction that mm. way. Um, there are a few others that have done that as well, who've who've kind of done their own thing, and it's worked for them. Some it hasn't worked for. Um, so. So yeah, I, I think, I don't know, it's tough. Like as a content creator, like a lot of people don't realize, for me personally, I have to, every single video I put up, before I put up the video, I have to really think about it. Everything mm. from the thumbnail to how long the video is gonna be, mm. to where the cuts are, mm. to where I put the hit subscribe and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that. And some of that, th there are no rule books. So you, you've got to kind of experiment. Mm. The analytics will show you, oh, this is where people have dipped off. This is where people are engaging. Mm. So kind of like, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of like theory yeah, yeah, work yeah. that goes behind it. And it's the same. I suppose publications need to do the same. Journalists need to do the same. Mm. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know why publications don't do that. Mm. It's great for liability. Boom. We're not liable if somebody prints something wrong. B, it's a great way of experimenting. C, if you think about it for journalists, it's a great way of saying, look, we're letting you do this. If you become big enough, like we've helped you. It's like a company that yeah. uptrains an employee. Yeah. It's like, wow, you gave me a hand. They could become big, but you know that there'll always be, not an allegiance, but there'll always be some kind of respect. Yeah, but and I think the main issue with publications, like speaking from the industry, 
is that brands don't want individuals to become bigger than than mm, the yeah. brand. And I and I think that right or wrong, that's where people that's yeah. what people are but that's what the, the bigger brands and the guys in charge of these brands don't want to happen. Yeah. And and that's kind of a protectionist sort of thing. It's probably not the right way to go about it, but it, I think that that's how yeah. that's why it doesn't happen more. That's why publications will never Ever. I mean, take The Verge, for example. Look mm. how much money they've had pumped into them. They are the epitome. They're the top when it comes to brands that I would read yep. and respect when it comes to tech. But they can't compete with that MKBHD. No. Right. Which, is, which is kind of, it's a little bit insane that you can have individuals now that are leading, like, genres of content yeah. just based by themselves. Yeah. And, like, you know, he has a team now, but, again, it's this very small team, like four or five, diff- four or five people, and they and he is producing less content but has a much bigger following than, yeah. than sites like The Verge. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, it's a little bit. I mean, like, even Houdinki, if you take, like, watches at the moment, uh, watches is a little different because it's not like tech. Mm. It's not that kind of untapped market yet. Houdinki is probably the only publication brand that's really at the top of the top. But honestly, there are some watch reviews that I'm watching at the moment. I don't know, in a while, they could overtake Houdinki Yep. Because they're individuals and not these publications. Again, Houdinki, I think, does a good balance. You know, they get mm. certain people to talk about certain things, but it's still viewed as a as a publication. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting times. So, kind of like, where do you think this is? This is the this is the blue sky thinking. <laughs> Five years time, what are you, are you going to still be doing tech? You still going to be doing know. YouTube? I don't know. I think I I I, don't, I really don't know. I mean, it's getting harder actually for me. It's getting harder because um, I'm kind of like. I don't know. It's. I, I think I'm growing. Obviously, getting older as well. Mm. So there are certain things that um, are getting more important to me. And I think the whole social media thing. I've got kids. Um, I think about how they view me mm. when they watch these videos, or if they're going to watch them in a couple of years' time. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing. I, I with the social media stuff for me, I take every day as it comes, every week mm. as it comes. Mm. And I think I'm quite honest as well on social media. Like, if I'm not in the mood of doing something, I'll just say, just won't do it. Uh, guys, I'm sorry, there's no video today. I'm not yeah, going to yeah, be in yeah. the mood of doing that. I still can't stick to a schedule, but, you know, <laughs> there's a rough schedule in place. People know that they normally expect videos every twice a week. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it, the beauty of this thing is I think if you overthink it, like, you have to strike a balance. The moment you overthink it, like, you'll just go crazy, especially mm-hmm. if it's not your nine to five. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going with the flow. Who knows? It might be I'm, I might be into podcasting, like just tech related to podcasting. Yeah. Eighteen months time, or I might be into only wearable tech. I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, watches. I never thought a I could afford watches mm. to, twenty four months ago, and b I never thought that I'd actually enjoy them as much now. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> It'll be yeah. interesting. So I, I kind of, I kind of expected this to go more tech route, but it kind of went the whole influencer <laughs> route, um, which means we will have to get you back to, no to kind of talk, talk dedicated tech. No uh, but thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you coming very in. much for having us. Man. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Esquire's Q and A. I do hope you enjoyed this audible adventure, and if you did, be sure to hit subscribe and also give us a rating. It really helps figure out what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and who we should sit down with next. I'll see you next week.